Welcome to Home Design Chat with Nancy. We're all about your home, kitchens, baths, tile, appliances, and more. You name it, we chat about it. Well, today happens to be the 26th of August, and I cannot believe how time is flying by, but on the other hand, I am hoping to get closer to Christmas because we're in a heat wave in Arizona, and it is horrendous. So today, we have a special guest. We're going to talk, actually, about your whole system of the sink and everything else that goes with the sink. Uh, a lot of times when you're remodeling or building and you think, oh, I need a sink and a faucet under disposal. Well, that's not all. There's plenty more that goes with that. And Brad King is my special guest. He is the president of B&B Marketing, and he is a manufacturer's rep for all of the products that we're going to talk about. Hey, Brad, thanks a lot for stopping by and chatting with me. Great, Nancy. Thanks for having me. Well, as I said before, there's a lot more to the sink area in a kitchen than people think. So we're going to talk about the, as you called it, the water appliance center. Yes, that's what I like to refer to it because when you think about choosing a kitchen, people spend hours picking out all their appliances to make sure they get the proper cooked up and the oven that does all sorts of things. But people tend to forget the most important appliance in the kitchen, which is the water appliance. We think that somewhere around 85% of your time that you spend in the kitchen is in preparation and cleanup at your at your sink and Boy, kitchen faucet. I can agree with that. So, Definitely. So... so- Oh, I was going to say, so uh, let's start out with uh, like the main thing in that area. That would be the sinks. And I know you have a special uh, line of sinks that you're carrying. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I like to consider this kitchen sink the chassis to the water appliance center. So if you start by picking out the sink you like, we do a company out of Italy called Bocci. Bocci is a fire clay material, and they do apron sinks, Uh Fire clay is a material that's made out of ceramic and glaze fired together at 2,464 degrees Fahrenheit so that the glaze and the clay actually fuse into one and the surface is very non-porous so that you don't have a chance to actually stain it. It's very resistant to scratches and marks. I know that everything from Italy is first class, obviously, and by the way, I am Italian, so. Um, But tell me a little bit about the sinks. You said that everything has an apron sink, so they don't make sinks without aprons, true? We have a couple in the line that are just undermount sinks as well, but Mm -hmm. the majority of what we do are apron fronts, and we do some that have uh, a thick wall apron so you can just replace something they're only six inches deep so you don't have to get into the cabinet below for remodeling or then we have some that are 10 inches deep so that you get a a nice deeper one but typically you're redoing cabinets at that point right so for everybody who doesn't understand what an apron sink is it's actually part of the sink that is um visual i think when you look down your cabinets you see part of the sink where the drawer front would be or sometimes it's it's higher, 10 inches, whereas a typical draw front is 6 inches. So this would extend towards the um, bottom cabinet, say. And some Do people would know it better <laughs> as being called a farmhouse sink. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah. your grandma's farmhouse. 
Right. And a lot of people are using that even though they don't have the farmhouse look because a lot of them are very contemporary looking. And do they come in colors? We actually do nine different finishes. Most other manufacturers in the fire clay material do two or maybe three. We actually have nine different finishes. So it gives customers a a real choice on what they want to do. And what about the configuration? Is it always a single bowl? We have single bowl. We have double bowl. We have large bowl, small bowl. Um, So there's a lot of options for you to choose. We make uh, single bowls from 24, 30, 36 so that you have choices of different size. So you can also do the main sink plus a vegetable sink or a butler pantry sink too. Oh, that sounds good. In the same style. And how deep is the sink, did you say? Uh, 10 inches. So it gives oh, you, it's, it's very deep when you go down in. And that large single bowl gives you a place to put even oven pans or whatever to leave in there and soak. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so what accessories come with the sink? I know a lot of people don't really realize that there's other things that come with the sink besides the faucet. I mean, well, it doesn't, oh, wait, I have to clarify that. The sink doesn't come with the faucet, but that's what they're thinking, sink and faucet yeah. as a pair. Yeah. Well, our sinks are a little different in that we ship them with a bottom grid and a drainer basket at the same time. So they all come with it. Almost everybody else, you have to buy those extra. Mm-hmm. What's a and bottom the, grid? The grid is a little stainless steel chrome type piece that's on the bottom. So your pans don't go right on the very bottom. Uh, sometimes with fire clay or anything else, if you drag a pan across the bottom of the sink, it'll leave a black mark and it can be cleaned off, but it just requires a little effort. Whereas if you have the grid in the bottom, it avoids that. You know, another good thing about the grid is that when you have a big pan or a pot and you put it in the sink, it's not blocking the drain. That's a good idea too. And it also gives you a temperature break if you're taking a hot pan right off the stove and putting it into your sink. So you don't take a chance of any thermal shock. Good deal. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people realize that just because you take something off the stove and there's, there's a, there's a heat value there where I know a lot of people have Corian and they used to put their hot pot on it and just pop the seam or crack it. So they, they have to be a little careful with this. And did you say, did you say something about accessories? Uh, Part of the uh, list that you have is cutting boards. Well, a couple of our sinks, uh, actually most of our sinks offer cutting boards too, but we have two models that actually have a built-in ledge in the sink. And Mm -hmm. so you can, those two models actually come with a cutting bird and a colander too, so that you can slide them back and forth and have everything right there where the preparation takes place. Okay. And does that come also, or is it available for the 24 inch sink? So if you're working at the veggie sink or the island sink, you can actually prep there using a cutting board? Well, the 24 doesn't have that interior ledge. We don't go that small because uh, okay. it would take up most of it. But you can get a cutting board to put alongside so you can do your chopping and slicing and then slide it right into the sink. So Okay. So for those people who want to take notes while we're talking, the bocce is, as Brad says, a bocce, but we'll say it's B-O-C-C-H-I. Those are sinks made in Italy. So now we have the sink. What's next? Well, I always start with the faucet comes next. So you nice want to 
put a nice pull down faucet with a hand spray on there so on some of the larger bowls you can take that hand spray and rinse things out to make it easier so you don't have to get in there and splash water around with your hand uh, it makes it real convenient for rinsing off big trays or pans as well and uh, there's so many different styles available today uh, the ones we do are California faucets, and we have a whole variety of kitchen faucets. Sorry, those are emails coming in. Oh, I'm not hearing anything. Don't worry oh, about okay, it. okay, good. So your California faucet, I'm sure they have many finishes. Um, are they getting the brass finish? Are they seeing that that's popular? Yes, we actually do 28 different finishes. So wow. all of our faucets are custom made, and we do many finishes in what's called PVD, uh, and PVD actually is a more permanent finish so that if you did brass, it won't tarnish like you have with some brass and, and those types of things. What are you so, seeing more popular? Is it the brushed brass or the shiny brass? Uh, brushed brass is, seems to be the hot item right now. Two of the most popular finishes are matte black and brushed brass or uh, brushed gold depending on manufacturers, what they call it. Yeah. Hey, you guys out there listening to this, if you think that uh, shiny brass is coming back, you're wrong. That's too much like the 70s, and we want to get rid of that. But I have to say that the brushed brass is really pretty. So, and it doesn't have any, it doesn't show fingerprints. So I like that. Well, I always like to advise people, if you're doing something in the kitchen, if you can make it work with your decor, Chrome is the most durable finish there is, and it'll give you the most use and most abuse that you can give it out of all the finishes. That's true. But you know what? The appliance people, too, are uh, pushing the mixing of metals. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're kind of suggesting that you can use the brushed brass with the chrome. You know, at that point, if you want to have a chrome faucet and you want to have uh, brushed handles, uh, brass handles on your cabinetry, that's fine. Um, just like jewelry, you can mix the finishes, the metal finishes, and everything will look fine. Um, and if you're not sure how to do that, I would suggest that you get your designer to help you. So back to the faucets, I wanted to make one point. The pull-down spray, I think, is very good because that eliminates the uh, deck-mounted spray and the least number of holes that you put in your countertop makes it a an easy maintenance issue. Yeah, a lot of people like to keep that deck as clean as possible. Yeah, and when you start loading up all the holes, it gets pretty cumbersome to clean around all those things at once. I agree. And there's a couple of things that are necessary. We're going to talk about one of those later. But as far as the pull-down spray, boy, a lot more convenient. So try to pull those things uh, down, you know, pick those out when you're picking out your finishes and your uh, fixtures for your kitchen. So let's go to the, the next thing, which I love. I love the idea of instant hot and instant cold. Do you want to describe how that works, Brad? Well, the instant hot is just what it says. If you'd like to do instant soups, coffee, uh, I'm a big tea drinker, so that's what I use mine for. Uh, you have water basically at 200 degrees, 190 to 200 degrees ready to go. So uh, if you can't wait that full minute and a half to, to heat the water up in the microwave, you can have it instantly. So as a real convenient, what a lot of people do, we 
sell Everhot, which does hot and cold water dispensers. So you can have water coming out at 190 degrees and water at 38 degrees. So out of the other side, and then you can put either an RO system or a filter in front of it so that you have drinkable water in either hot or cold. Well, that was my question. So the water coming out of the Everhot, the hot water, is it filtered as well as the cold water? They're both filtered when they come out of their faucet? Yes, we recommend that you put a filter with it. The actual unit, when you buy it, doesn't have a filter on, but we have a bunch of different filters that you can put with it or ROs, depending what the consumer prefers. Yeah. Well, let's um, just as a side note, say to everybody who doesn't live in Arizona, you probably have great water. The people who have well water, lucky you. We have the most atrocious tasting water in Arizona. So it's real easy to either sell bottled water, which is getting to be a pain in the neck to get at the store. So just about every kitchen I do, Brad, as you know, I put in a filtration system. Because to exist in Arizona and to drink water, you've got to filter it. Otherwise, it tastes like it came out of the sewer. Well, the other advantage to it, too, Nancy, is you can tee off of that filter and go to other water use appliances like your ice and water door refrigerator, Mm -hmm. building coffee maker, or any of those types of things as well. So do you tee off that same under-counter filter that's under your sink, or is there like a refrigerator one, or is there little canister ones that you attach to the other appliances? Well, on my own personal kitchen, I actually have two filters because my kitchen sink is on an island, and I Mm -hmm. didn't have the ability to get a water line over to the refrigerator from there. But if you have like a continual run of cabinets where your refrigerator is, you can use the same filter to tee off and feed all those appliances because our filtration system is under line pressure. So if the house is 65 PSI, you'll have that going to your refrigerator and your coffee maker as well as the Instant Hot. Okay. Well, after I talk about lighting... We're going to come back to Brad, and we're going to talk about the filtration system and how it works and why I love it. But right now, if uh, you don't have enough lights in your backyard and you're starting, well, like I said, in Arizona, it's 114 degrees every day, so I'm sure people are swimming every part of the day and night. And you need lights outside as well as inside. But also, we're getting close to Christmas. I'm counting the days. And so you're going to need a lot of nice lights outside. If you need help with these or if you need suggestions or you need to talk to a um, lighting consultant, then you should go on to shoppremier.com. You'll find their phone number there. They have consultants that will talk to you. And they put their mask on. They'll come out to your house. And any questions that you might have, they're there to help you. So shoppremier.com. Again, if you don't live in the Arizona area, if you don't live in Scottsdale, even if you live somewhere in North or Utah or any place else, they ship. They will ship anywhere. So they have a great website. They have a lot of information on there. And again, you can call them and you can ask them any questions. So shoppremier.com, that's the way to go. Now, back to my favorite filtration system. Like I said before, I have every kitchen that I do, I have a body glove under the sink. And in some cases, I have more than one, depending on how much they use the kitchen and how many sinks we have. So tell me how, or tell everybody out there, how does the body glove work? 
Well, the body glove system is made by 3M, and it's a point-of-use filtration system, which means the water goes through a filtering median in there and comes out the other side. The opposite of that is reverse osmosis systems. And in a nutshell, the difference is RO makes water a drop at a time, and then it needs to store it somewhere till you're ready to use it on demand. So that's why if you've ever seen an RO system, it has like a barbecue size cylinder sitting under the sink, and that's the storage tank. So mm -hmm. typically that tank holds about three gallons of water. And so the downside to an RO is if you were making breakfast in the morning and you just made a pitcher of orange juice, a pot of coffee, and you were going to give some water to the dog, you could virtually run that tank out of water and there'd be nothing left to come out of your RO system. So not that there's anything wrong with that, but people just need to adapt and get used to it. Whereas the point of use filtration system, you could turn it on and run it till it virtually uh, stops in several years and fills up from the sediment it fills out. Yeah, and the one that I always put in the kitchens is, um, well, let's see, how, what would, it's about the size of a normal size fire extinguisher that you would have in your house, and it lasts for a year, and then you have to change the cartridge once a year, depending on how often you use your sink. But I have a question about the RO, Brad. Sure. If somebody goes uh, to their winter house and they have an RO system and there's water sitting in the tank, do they have to drain it? Yes, it's preferred. In fact, if you listen to the Water Quality Association, they actually recommend you should disinfect the tank if it's been on use for, for a long time. Oh. Reverse osmosis is also only good if you're using it hard. Uh, and the reason I say that is if you are a person that only drinks one cup of coffee a day out of an RO system, over a period of time, you could end up with worse water in the tank than what you start with out of the faucet. And what happens, it's a, that's a combination of having back pressures and some other things that go with it. So what I advise customers that buy an RO is once a week, just flip that lever on and drain the tank completely and let it work. Because the harder an RO works, the better the quality product is at the end. Mm. So I guess it comes down to personal preference. I prefer it the does. body glove, but no, that's just me. Well, the reason RO is so popular here in Arizona and maybe in other parts of the country as well is that the direct water guys who sell softeners to people, they go out and it's pretty easy to convince someone that they need a softener for their home. Mm -hmm. and, and then after they do that, they tell them, well, we're adding all that salt to your water, so you need an RO to get rid of it. And it's not necessarily true, but that's how a lot of ROs are sold, and that's what people think they absolutely need one, so... Well, before uh, the body glove came out, I think the RO was uh, more or less um, the only way to go if you wanted to have filtered water. And then yeah. they started with the bottled water, and then body glove came out. And I haven't bought a, um, I haven't gone to the to the water store and filled up gallons in years. Yeah. So uh, that's why I recommend this. I think that's the way to go. Um, our next part of our um, water system would be the disposer, right? Disposer, yeah. Well, the disposer is an important part, and disposers come in all different sizes and price points, actually. 
Uh, I recommend that you go at least three quarters to a horsepower. There's some that are one and a half or one and three quarter horsepower uh, is the power behind it. But if you get one that does a, a good grinding operation and runs fairly quiet, you'll have a better chance of people using it on a regular basis. Um, there again, if they don't use it often, it's going to start getting smelly, right? Yeah. Well, I just take and recommend anytime we do any citrus, oranges, or lemons to throw the peels down there and grind them too. And that helps keep the, the odors down in, in the inside of your disposal. Yeah, good point. What shouldn't you put in a disposer? Uh, the things I like to stay away from are potato peels, onion skins, uh, things that are thin and have like a sticky capability. Some, some disposers, typically the, the lower powered ones, have more trouble getting that ground up and out the d disposal than the more expensive ones. Mm. And I think along with the onions probably would be celery because the strings on the celery stalks would uh, maybe wrap around the blades. That's what mm, I heard. I've not seen that as much, but I suppose that could be for sure. What about chicken bones? Uh, some people do put them down. Most There again, it depends on the quality of your disposal. If you have a par more powerful enough when that it, they won't get stuck in there and jam it up. Uh, most disposers do come with a little wrench that if you do jam a disposer, you can go under the sink and use that wrench and loosen it so that you don't have to call a plumber out. Yeah, that's a good point if you can get under there, <laughs> right? <laughs> Well, Take away now, all the laundry soap. Now, I know there's a couple of ways to turn the disposer on. One of them is a batch feed system, which I'm not crazy about, but explain how that works. Well, batch feed is a disposer where the switch to the disposer is actually in the neck of the disposer. And when you put in uh, items into your disposer, then there's a little cover that you actually place into the neck of the disposer, and that's what operates it. Um Batch feed disposers are almost non-existent in our market. Everybody uses continuous feed, and just just because it's easier to use. The downside to it is a lot of builders today, my own house included, has an island operation, so there's really not much place to put a switch for your disposer. And so one of the things we're going to talk about is air switches for garbage disposals. Yeah, and let's explain how that works. And what an air switch does is allows you to operate that disposer just by pushing a button, and it pushes a blast of air to a, a micro switch and turns on the disposer. And some people are a real fan of it because they're a little leery of having wet hands and turning an electric switch to operate a disposal. Um, they all have to be code-wise on a GFI, ground fault interrupter, but uh, people are still nervous about it. And so this prevents that from any worries because there's an actual air gap between the switch and your, your finger. Um, yeah. the, well, I'm, I was going to say, I use them a lot, even when the sink is against the wall, because that if you don't have the air switch, you have a switch on the wall. And the more switches you have on the wall, the uglier it looks because it's interrupting your beautiful tile on your backsplash, especially if you've spent a lot of money on that tile. So an air switch comes in handy. And what I said before was I like the pull-down spray on the faucet because the, the less items you have around your sink, the easier it is to clean. So given that you have a faucet, that's one. 
and then you have the air switch, that's two. That's really all you need unless you insist on a soap dispenser. But I, I like the idea of the uh, air switch being on an island or, you know, when the sink is against the wall. And they do come in different finishes, right? Yes, we can get them in all the different finishes. And the other nice thing is a lot of builders, when they have an island like that, instead of putting it on a backsplash, they'll put the switch down underneath the cabinet, your sink cabinet. And then every time you want to use the disposal, you have to step back, open the cabinet door, and turn the switch on. With wet hands. (laughs) And then, yeah, with wet hands and then reverse the thing. So it's just not very convenient where the air switch just avoids all that. Right. Yes. I, I can't tell you when I started using air switches and I haven't uh, stopped yet. That's one of my favorite things. So now we've talked about we got the sink, we got the faucet, we got the instant hot and cold, we got it filtered, we got the disposer, and we're turning on the disposer with the air switch. Do we have everything? Well, you mentioned soap and lotion dispensers are very popular. And uh, some some people like the idea of getting a sink with as many holes as possible or using a deck and loading those up. Having liquid hand soap or even liquid dishwashing soap is really convenient to have at your fingertips instead of, again, going underneath the kitchen sink and bringing out the bottle of uh, uh, palm olive oh, or whatever. Or whatever. Dawn, yeah. yeah, whatever. So uh, I highly recommend that. You just have to think about the conveniences of all the accessories that are available for the Water Appliance Center. Yes, and the things that we've talked about are not gadgets. They're tried and true. They're, they've got good reputations, and they're recommended. I would recommend them in your kitchen. Uh, don't skimp on some of the things that make your life easier. Right, Brad? Yeah, well, you know, when you're spending that much time there, you might as well make it convenient. People, uh, I mean, I used to work in the appliance floor, and people would literally spend hours trying to pick out a wall oven. And if you think about how you use a wall oven, you make uh, prep a roast, you put it in there, and two hours later, you come back and take it out, and you're done. Whereas Mm. the sink, you're standing there both in preparation time and clean up afterwards. Well, I think in the last couple of years, the manufacturers have put more emphasis on the aesthetics of the faucet and the sinks. Those are the two things that have sort of become some of the focal points of the kitchen because they have been so beautiful. So um, I, I can't think of anything else. I think we've covered everything. Can you think of anything? I think we've done a pretty good job. I think we did too. Hey, Brad, I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to pick your brain. Anytime, Nancy. (laughs) And I want you to have a great weekend. Uh, We're almost there, and um, just hang on. It'll be cool weather before you know it, Brad. I want to hope that everybody enjoyed this show today, and hopefully you will subscribe, and you can rate the show, but also you can comment on the platform that you use to listen to these podcasts. These podcasts are on 23 platforms, believe it or not, so there's at least one that you can listen to. And don't forget to share them with your friends. As you know, if you've been listening, we have a lot of information for the home, whether you're remodeling, building, or you just have to replace something that you have in the kitchen or the bathroom, we cover it all. So if you want to learn more about me, you can go to nancyhugo.com. That's my website, tells all about me. Or if you have any questions for me or for Brad regarding anything that we've uh, talked about, you can email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. In the meantime, 
I want you to stay safe and have a great day. 